Welcome, Supers, to this Shark Tank Tank Tales interview with Beth uh, Finbow. Uh, well, I almost said Fine Finebow. Uh, she, she was on uh, Shark Tank season, I believe it was season 12. It was this season, past season. And I don't recall the episode number, but I will link it down below in the uh, in the description for you to go and check out that Biz Coach Reacts video. It was from like four months ago uh, at this point. She reached out and wanted to, to come and do an interview and talk about her Shark Tank experience. So uh, I need some super claps in the comments below for Super Beth Fimbo. Welcome, Beth. How are, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, and I'm so excited to be here. When I found your video and watched it, it was, like, awesome for me because I had been there, and I went through it. I knew everything that happened, and so I didn't know what it was like from a person's point of view who hadn't hadn't heard about or, you know, been on my side. And so watching your reactions to what aired was just awesome for me. Well, thank you. I, I think thing I appreciate that uh, a lot. I mean, look, we get a we get a, a fair bit of hate on this channel uh, from people that are like, "Shut up and let it play," and I'm like, "Well, th- there's other ways to get it." I mean, I you know, I, I I'm it's not my responsibility to, to deliver that to you. It's my responsibility to help the super entrepreneurs out there uh, get as much information, or in this case, the Shark Tank business owners get uh, a, a a fair, unbalanced, uh, unbiased, or as much as I can, unbiased point of view to the products, right? And trying to take it serious at the same time. Because, like, uh, you know, I mean, there's been a couple of pitches that I know Larry has, uh, and I have uh, a little bit bagged on. But for the most part, we, we try to be as, as uh, fair and balanced as possible. Yeah, maybe I liked it so much because you were so kind. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. know, I, I get th- I do get that a lot. Uh, Larry is, says the things that I can't always say. <laughs> I might be thinking them. I just can't say them. Um, so it's it's good to have that that balance. And some people think that Larry takes it too far, and sometimes he does. And you know, and I just say, hey, email those email you know those complaints to Larry at Larry Roberts or, or Larry at readilyrandom.com, uh, and and he will respond to you maybe to your emails <laughs> and complaints. So you were on uh, Shark Tank season twelve, uh, the busy. Uh, it was the busy baby Matt, and uh, so I, I loved. Uh, well, before we get into like how you, how your journey to getting Shark Tank, uh, I just want to say I I loved seeing that video that you shot of you sitting at your kitchen table. Um, was that your idea, or was that somebody like one of the producers? Like, hey, you have this video. Why don't we share it? Uh, well, it actually came on the show because I used to share that every year on the anniversary. So on thankful th- or uh, Throwback Thursday, um, the last three years, I would share that on my Instagram, Facebook feed saying, look at me three years ago, two years ago, whatever it was when I first started. Um, and so it happened to be that that three-year mark fell on the day or two days before my recording. And so I asked, like, because it was all secretive. I'm not, nobody's supposed to know that I was there to record. You know, nobody knew. So I asked, can I share this like I do every year? And they said, no, you can't, but Hmm. we would like to put it on the, we'd like to show the sharks. So I sent them the video so that they could show the sharks during, during my pitch. Oh, very, very cool. That's a shame you couldn't share something you had already shared in previous years. Um, Uh, so uh, before, all right. So let's let's back back the train up a little bit. So uh, 
leading up to Shark Tank, were you were you trying to pitch the Shark Tank? Did they pitch to you? Uh, what what kind of you know what kind of experience did you had to, to like get into the the Shark Tank realm? Yeah, I think I had a little different experience than probably most people. I was in my very 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 first days of trying to figure out how do I take this idea and turn it into a product. Um, I took part in Bunker Labs, which is an organization that helps veterans and their families um, learn how to start a business and help you start a business if you want to. And at Bunker Labs, they said, hey, we have the email address of a Shark Tank producer. They, the show reached out looking for veterans to feature on the show. Um, you know, would you want that email address? I said, well, sure, <laughs> I'll take the email address, but I'm not ready right now. So I filed that email address away into my contact list. And then about a year later, when I actually launched my first product, I blasted my, like any email address I had anywhere, I sent out this, you know, launch email saying I've launched a product. And a couple of days later, I got an email back from the producer at Shark Tank saying, I see you've launched a product. How are sales? Would you be interested in being on Shark Tank? So since I had just launched, I didn't have hardly any sales. Uh, he said, well, you know, we take businesses at all stages. However, to best set you up for success, it would be good if you had, you know, a certain number of sales. I said, okay, um, I'll let you know when I hit that. And so he said, yep, stay in touch and let me know. So about eight months later, I wasn't quite there in sales yet, but I got a patent. And so I, I reached back out and I said, hey, I, I, I don't have... Um, the sales quite yet, but I get a, I got a patent. Does that change anything? He said, yeah, that's great. But we just wrapped season 11, reach back out <laughs> in the spring when it's casting time for season 12. So I reached out in the spring and, you know, went through the process and ended up getting to be on the show. Well, that, that is that, I mean, that, that is awesome. And that definitely is a different story than I've heard, uh, thus far, uh, or this far, thus far. I don't know. Words yeah. are, are words are words. Uh, <laughs> doing these these interviews and getting to uh, meet and know the different uh, businesses that that you know Shark Tank or, or has been on Shark Tank. Um, I, I forgot to mention. Thank you for your service, by the way, uh, for for all that you you did for the country. It's so it's so critical for all of us to be able to uh, not even just in our country but in the the world uh, mm -hmm. to be able to enjoy freedom. So I, I greatly appreciate that. Um. So okay, so you, I mean, COVID, right, and 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 all the things that come along with that. So it's like, okay, I finally get my chance uh, to go on Shark Tank, and and how fitting you had the video, you know, that the video that you shared uh, during Shark Tank. Um, was there a moment where you were kind of nervous that you weren't going to get like, are we not? Are they not going to be filming? Are they, you know, am I not going to get to go on Shark Tank because of COVID? Uh, not because of COVID. I mean, they had pretty firmly established their COVID protocol. Um, it's just always with Shark Tank, you don't ever know if you're going to go or not. Even up until the last minute, they can, they, they're constantly paring down the number of companies. And especially during COVID, they, they flew fewer companies there to film because of just so many restrictions on, on everything and to lower the risk. So I knew that it was happening and I just never knew like until I was physically there, I didn't know if I would film because there's people that actually fly all the way and then don't even film. And then there's people who film and don't even air. So I didn't have any relief at all until I actually got an email saying you're going to be on the air March 5th. 
Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that where it's like you, you know, you you can be on the show, but it doesn't necessarily matter because you still might not get picked to air mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, which um, is is got to be kind of nerve wracking because you know you you especially in your situation, you know, spoiler alert, uh, you you didn't walk away with the deal unless unless something happened after the fact. I don't know. No. Uh, no. And 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 that to me has to be because like. The Shark Tank effect affects everybody, regardless of if you get a deal or not, right? You're getting in front of literally millions of eyeballs uh, and, and all that. So, um, so, you, so uh, from what I, my understanding is you guys had to quarantine for two weeks in a hotel room. How was your experience running your business uh, yeah. and uh, your family uh, and all that from, from a hotel room for two weeks? Uh, so, for me, it was nine days. Um, and I will say nine days of heaven. <laughs> at the time, <laughs> at the time, I had an eight-month-old and a three-year-old, and it had been a very stressful eight months having the new baby, trying to run the business, trying to prepare for Shark Tank because a lot went into the preparation. Um, just you know, having eight full days of no crying, no whining, no butts to wipe, no food to cook, no house to clean, like taking all that kind of responsibility off my plate and I sat in a peaceful quiet hotel suite and had room service and you know we weren't allowed to leave our room at all um so for me it was heaven it was a slice of heaven I mean I missed my family we FaceTimed constantly you know multiple times a day the boys did okay without me dad did a great job taking care of them ding ding Um, for dad yeah, dad, dad has been killing it this last year. He has, I've asked a lot of him and he has just pulled through and every single time I've asked anything of him, uh, he is super dad for sure. Um, but yeah, so for me, the hotel was nice for some people, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm an introvert. So it was just happened. Other people probably didn't have as much enjoyment as I did. <laughs> oh no, I I got to experience that for like three. When I got um was in 2017, we uh only had or no, it was it 2017, 2017, 2017 or 2018? I forget when it was. But I got my uh, gallbladder taken out, and it was an emergency thing. Like I went in the middle of the night because I was having trouble breathing. So I went to the hospital. I had my sister drop me off at the hospital, and then for three days, I didn't have anybody come visit me. I didn't have. Any responsibilities to our, I think, well, if it was in 2017, we just had one kid, but I think Dom and Ava were alive at the time. So it would have been 2018, but yeah, so it was awesome having three <laughs> days of like, I yeah. didn't have to talk to anybody. I didn't have to do anything. Um, so I, I, I resonate with that and understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, and leading up to such a stressful uh, part of your life, like, yeah. I, I mean, I know just, you know, from my own business and my own stuff, it's like, you know, being home, being dad, having two little ones. I have a, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And and just the constant, like, give and take of, like, I got to get this stuff done. But I also want to be available. And I also want to be yeah. dad. And I also want to create an amazing experience for the kids. And it's just a constant war that's raging on. And to not for you to not have that leading up to that time is, yeah. I mean, had to have been um, very... Like, I, I don't know, uh, like otherworldly. <laughs> you know, in a time where people lost family members and I mean, COVID was just horrible for so many people. So many businesses struggled. I personally was so lucky and I'm so grateful that 
everything timed out perfectly for me. Um, COVID caused me to shift my entire business model, which caused me to end up with 900% growth in my business that may not have otherwise happened. Um, all these things timed out perfectly that it just, I, I feel like I had the most smoothly paved road to get to where I am now. Very lucky. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, look, we, um, you know, there are a lot of people that have lost, you know, family and friends and, um, and businesses have have absolutely suffered, still suffering and probably will continue to suffer for another year to two years as this rages across, not just in America, but the world as we are a world economy for the most part. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of, of, of the effects to still be seen. You know, the story has not been all told, uh, for sure just yet. So, um, that's, I mean, that's, it's awesome that you've, you were able to, uh, to, to pivot and grow your business in a time. I mean, the thing is though, I, I feel like you would have probably at some point did what you've done anyway, right? Like you would have gone digital. It just probably would have been like, Oh, well this is working now, you know, going to the trade shows and, 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 and pound the pavement. But Eventually, it probably would have been like, oh, we have extra money. Like, let's pay somebody else to help speed that process up. Yeah, for sure. I think it would have eventually happened. Um, but it, I mean, it was immediate and life changing how the business grew. I mean, basically because COVID ruined my plans. Um, I, I credit everything that I've done in the last like year and a half to what I learned in the military, which is kind of my life model is ad- adapt and overcome. When you're in the army or whatever, any critical job, you get training, you train, train, train. And then when you're put into the real world, world situation, it doesn't always go as you trained. And all you can do is adapt to the situation, overcome it and keep moving forward. And that's what I've done in this whole this business journey that I've been on. And COVID was an example of where literally everything I had planned was no longer possible. And so I just adapted to that and overcame it and it turned out way better than what I had planned. So for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we, um, I, I always say like when the chips are down, we have to swing the bat and, and that's the case where it's like when, you know, we don't not necessarily know a lot about, you know, building websites and doing all these digital things, but putting Facebook ads together or, you know, and, and we can pay people to either teach us, work with us or do it for us. Um, but at the end of the day, like if it's part of our business, I always say like, you know, usually do the latter, uh, get somebody to help you do it, shortcut it. Uh, and cause you should know every, you know, every aspect of your business. Right. But that doesn't mean that you go into it knowing every aspect, like you don't wake up and like, Oh, I know how to do website building. Now I know how to do an effective Facebook ad and, and target it just right. So that we get sales like you were right out of the gate. I mean, which was, uh, absolutely awesome for you to be able to, to, to pivot that quickly and, and make it happen. So it's testament to you and ding, ding for sure. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to learn as entrepreneurs. Cause it forced me like in the beginning, I think all entrepreneurs to include myself, I felt like I had to do everything. I didn't have a budget to pay people. I didn't have resources. I just knew that I needed to, okay, this is the next step. I got to Google how to do it. YouTube university. Let me learn. Let me try it out. I tried Facebook ads and I blew through a thousand dollars in ad spend with zero conversions because Facebook makes it super easy to create an ad. 
So does, so does the casino, Beth, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to yeah. spend $1,000. Yeah. So just, you know, create, you know, add, add a video, some pictures, set a, set a budget, you know, set some demographics that you want to hit and boom, you're running an ad. Well, that's not how it works. It's not effective. And so I had talked to the guy who I use for my digital ads is amazing. And he had reached out to me. And when I learned what his rate was, I was like, what? I cannot imagine paying somebody that much money per month. On, and then and on top of that, spend ad spend. So I actually said, you know what? I'm not at a good place. I was actually eight months pregnant at the time. Um, I said, I'll keep your number in case, you know, when I get to that point where I can afford to pay somebody to do stuff for me. And then when the pandemic happened, I reached back out and I said, Hey, Sergio, (laughs) I have a budget now because all my travel budget was no longer going to be used. So I diverted that over to Facebook, paid Sergio and boom, like just out of this world. Like what a difference when you have somebody who's an expert in what they do doing it versus you YouTube universitying it or, you know, trying to figure it out worth every single penny. And so since then, that's been my new motto. If I don't have, if it's not something I can learn and do within an hour or two of my time, then it's worth paying somebody who's an expert at it to be way more effective and just get good right out the gate. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I want to point out a key thing that you said there that I think not even just on entrepreneur level, uh, b- small businesses uh, have this problem as well. Budget, yeah. budget, budget, budgets and goals, right? If I could add to yeah. that. Uh, if you aren't budgeting a certain amount of money for, for certain you know, tasks and things and you know, to reach those goals, then you're doing yourself, the business, and your customers a huge disservice because then you're not like – able to just divert funds. That, oh, we're not going, you know, we're not doing all those trade shows. We're going to take that budget and go do something else. with it. it's just like, well, the money's drying up and now what am I supposed to do? Right. Um, and cause we can't go to trade shows and, and I don't know because I didn't budget. So I have no goals set. So yeah. I don't know what I don't know. And boom, all of a sudden we're in trouble. Right. Goals. That's huge. Goals are huge. We do. Um, so now since I since I aired on Shark Tank, I brought my brother into the business. So he quit his full time job. Uh, he had a very stable, great job. He has four kids. He's the sole breadwinner for their family. And he quit his very stable job to join me in the very unstable world of entrepreneurship. Um, so now he runs the company with me. And I forget why I was even bringing this up. Um what were we just talking about? Budgets and goals. Budgets and goals. So we meet every six weeks. Um, I mean, granted, we're brother and sister. We talk all the time. We work together all the time. But every six weeks, we have a retreat where we go away from our normal environment and we have an agenda. And part of that agenda is celebrating what's gone well in the last six weeks. What are we going to, what lessons did we learn from the last six weeks? Like what hard things did we learn? Um, and then we review our budget, how things are going, and then we set goals. We set goals for the next six weeks, for the next six months, and then for, you know, like a little longer term, 18-month period. And we revisit that every six weeks. And it has, like, really, really helped us stay focused, stay on track, stay aligned. Um, I recommend that to anybody who's running a business, even if it's just yourself. Like, get a business coach to do that with you. Uh, it's so helpful. Hi there. <laughs> Hi, I'm Super Jafar. Nice to meet you. Uh, profit growth strategist. Uh, ding, ding, though. I think that is phenomenal. Um, 
for you know for every literally everybody because again if you're not setting those goals and then adjusting those goals yes. then you're you're not you're not do, you're doing everybody a disservice right and uh it's it's very easily to i always uh, use the term treadmilling on zero or tread milling on because you're like on a treadmill but you're constantly on zero because you're like well we made sales and maybe the sales aren't coming in oh we you know oh we did ten thousand dollars like in a day and then you add like oh we did five thousand the next day two thousand next like oh this week we did thirty two thousand in sales it's like hey that's not zero right but like if your sales are like a lot more infrequent than that it's like oh i sold you know a thousand this week and then next week, maybe only a couple hundred, and then maybe yeah. we sell a thousand, and then maybe a couple hundred. Like, it's easy to just kind of get lost if you're not setting those goals, keeping track of the actual finances with the budget, uh, and, and just thinking, like, yeah, am I really making money? I always seem to be out of money, but I, you know, and there's, there seem to be enough money. Uh, yeah. But, but in reality, there might be, there might not be. But if you're not setting budgets, you're not setting goals, exactly, you just won't know. Exactly. One fun thing that we just started doing that I'm really glad we do because I work, 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 work. I don't even take a lunch break. I go get my lunch. I bring it back here and I clickety clack on my keyboard while I'm eating my lunch. Uh, my brother has helped me learn how to take time off, take a little bit of a relax. Um, and so we have now in our our planning have planned for rest time, vacation time, family time. Um, and I think it's so important now that I've done it to be like, oh, my gosh, I can take a breath. I can relax. And guess what? Business keeps going. Not The world doesn't stop. Nothing falls apart. So next month, I have two weeks vacation. First time oh, in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> First time in. I love that. That is awesome. I think it is important to be able to give yourself permission because I know when I when I left my family's business, uh, I I was working like uh, pretty much around the clock seven days a week uh, to make things to make ends meet and keep things moving, um, and I didn't want to take any time off because of like if I'm not ta- if I'm taking time off then then things aren't moving forward and I'm not progressing I'm not growing as a as a person the business isn't growing as a business uh, and and content isn't being created and all that stuff and. Um, you know, for some, for some, for some, in some regards, that was good, right? Like, as I'm sure you would say, Beth, like the first two, three years, like you need that to be able to get the experience to, to be able to grow things so that they can like get to a point where it's like, I'm not going to release that piece of content. I don't have to release that piece of content today. So something came up and I don't have to feel the guilt of I'm taking time off. I'm taking time away. And look, it's a, it's a, it's a process because I still feel that way, you know, like, I, I'm supposed to do this. I got to do that, and I and and well, things happened with the kids, and now I, I or you know, like oh, we're gonna go to the zoo, and it's like okay, well, let me move some things around and like kind of squeeze things here and there to make it work, you know, to fit in. And that, that's the beauty of planning. Like when you plan, you don't have to just grind, grind, grind. Like before planning, I would just grind every day. How much can I get done today? What can I do today to advance my business? And the next day, keep doing that. But when you have a plan, you can work in those times. And then there's no guilt because you know you're just going according to plan. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. Uh, I mean, like uh, content release schedules, uh, your schedules in general. I mean, I use my, the hell out of my calendar constantly, uh, yeah. nonstop, right? Moving things around and, and, yeah. and even getting my wife in on it. So she knows, like, yeah. you know, there's like, oh, well, I wanted to do this thing. Like, okay, cool. 
Did you look at the calendar? Did you put yeah. it on the calendar? Yeah. You know, yeah. like if if it's open on the calendar, then I can make it. Yeah. We can make it work, right? Yeah. Um, so those types of things are really critical when you're, especially solo entrepreneuring it, uh, or or small teaming even uh, mm-hmm. to be to to get where you want to go and not again not feel that guilt that, yeah. that I'm not working. How dare I? You know. Right. So let's let's jump to getting on to you know getting on the Shark Tank doing doing the walkout and yeah. um did you have a did you have a plan did you have a I mean I assume you had a plan yeah. but okay. but uh, <laughs> and plan A B and C <laughs> I, 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 as a as a military person I would expect I would expect it um but did you have a person that you you specifically wanted to work with yeah. Yeah, and actually, Lori was the one. So, uh, if for whoever didn't see the episode, Lori gave me an offer. I walked away from it. Um, what I was like, my dream plan would have been Mr. Wonderful and Lori together, one to help mm. me with licensing, um, one or international distribution, and one to help me get into big box retail. And so, I think most people know this about the show. The, the entrepreneur is in there for a lot more than what you see on air, and it gets edited down. So, there was a 50 minutes of conversation that we had, and only 10 minutes made it on TV. So, what a lot of people saw was between Lori and I, was she wanted to license it to Munchkin. I did not take her offer. What you didn't see is the reason I didn't take her offer is that was not part of my business plan. At that point, I was looking to get into big box retail. I had more products in development that I was launching. Um, And if I would have just licensed the one product to Munchkin, that would have kind of ruined my plan. Um, So Mm. America didn't get to see that part of the conversation. So I take a lot of I take a lot of guff from people who say, oh, three percent. She's a moron. She could have been a millionaire. She just walked away over three percent. Actually, it was like 15% I walked away from because I went in asking for five and she offered 18. So 13%, sorry. Um, But anyway, yeah. So my plan was to try and get Mr. Wonderful and Lori. When Mr. Wonderful, he actually tried to go out three times. Every time he tried to go out, I would counter his excuse with a reason why that's not a good excuse to go out. Um, So then he finally goes out and then it's just Lori and I. So I would have done a deal with her had she been willing to like help me get into retail. Um, but she, she wasn't. So, so that was it. It was pretty easy to walk away. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the one though, the other X factor there with, with Mr. Wonderful that I, I always come back to is the fact that he's so in, in, um, entrenched in the wedding industry. Right. So what comes after weddings, the baby, Maybe. right. Yeah. Right. So it's, oh, so all it, like, I could have done right? that. Right. So, him. It's yeah, I mean it's it's like hey, you already have this huge email list, you know, effectively mm-hmm. it's probably multiple lists, but you know, right. you have this whole audience of people that are get, getting married or gotten married. Yeah. And they're going to have babies at some point oh, maybe possibly. That would have been awesome to say. I that. mean, for him, I mean, heck, he could have just did like an affiliate deal, given him like give him like 20% or so, 20% cut and he just sends out some emails and right? and uh collects his money, you know. I wonder if I could get a um, hold of him and pitch that to him now. <laughs> I, you know, I, it, but it comes up in so many pitches, and I and now I'm wondering if the uh, if those business owners realize that you know Mr. Wonderful has that connection that like because wow. there's so many things that are connected to to being married, like be, getting married, house, real estate, uh, new you know new house, 
decoration things like you know where it's like he never even brings it up that like hey you know it's when if it's not directly related to weddings then he's like not all about it it's like hey if you really want to market to people like you already have the people that are already married so you have the list to make that happen oh that's such a good point so and 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 that's and that's why people come to this show so thank thank you (laughs) (laughs) so you know so people have given you a lot of uh, a lot of headache about i mean i know um, ABC shared their clip and it's like, oh, three percent is too much, and um, and I, and look, that's the story. As an edit, as an editor, you know, myself, yeah. I know that like you have to find the storyline and then yeah. tell everything around yeah. that storyline. Um, would would have would three percent if if Lori was willing to go with what your plan was, was was three percent still too much? It's hard to say because she was so dead set against it, and that's what's ingrained in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if she would have been fully on board with my plan, my product launches, everything that I had like already in motion, I think I probably would have done it. Yeah. I mean, she could have just walked us out on QVC and 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 slam dunked, you know? Like, you know yeah. So I actually tried to talk to QVC. They don't do baby products. And I said, but my... What? Yeah, so my demographic <laughs> is... You know, half of my half of my customers are new moms, new dads. The other half is the grandparents and the aunts mm-hmm. and uncles and the people buying it for baby showers, which is a QVC demographic. And they said, no, we don't really. I mean, we don't. The, the main demographic for QVC is not, you know, new moms and dads. Wow. Like, well, I feel like they could get away with like an hour of it, just like once a week or a couple times a week, yeah. just do the baby hour and you put in a bunch of stuff right. and you get all the grandparents to like buy yeah. that stuff. And sure. I mean, my grandmother was a QVC grandmother for sure. I mean, everything came from QVC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, Oh, so I don't wow. know. That's why she didn't even like bring that up as an option. She didn't say anything. Well, about I'm, it. I'm sure she knows that like, you know, that, Probably. that it wouldn't even be a thing, but yeah, I mean, to me, I would think that would be a, a sign. I wonder if, um, HSN does anything in the, I think they're uh, pretty similar. Line. Are they owned by the same company? If they are, I, I do not. I'm not aware. Hmm. Uh, they might have. They might be now. I mean, they weren't. I don't yeah. think they were for like from the inception. No, right, right. Yeah, but they might I don't be. Know. They, it wouldn't surprise me if they were now because consolidation in that market space has got to yeah. be. You know, yeah, it, yeah it's got to. Ha- it's probably if it hasn't happened already, it probably will. One, one will right. likely buy the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had talked to a rep who who's been getting people on QVC and HSN for twenty years, and he's like, I I would be happy to work with you if it was not a baby product, but there's there's not much success in getting baby products on. So, uh, can you retool right. it for 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 elderly people? We're actually in product or not in production. We're in um, we're in the design process, the prototyping process for a a larger mat with a different kind of tether for people with disabilities, the assisted living facilities, um, some of those kind of special needs uses. All right, there we go. Well, maybe, maybe when, when that gets, you know, when we get down the road on that, it's for me, it's just like, and you saw on the show, Mr. Wonderful says the baby market is hard and all of my energy is going into that right now. I'm developing this product because there's been so much request for it, Mm. but to go to, like, I know the baby market now. I know how to do this in the baby market, but I have known nothing about the assisted living or disabilities area. I don't know how to market there. I don't know where to do things there. 
So I'm just taking the first steps and, and getting the product developed and then figure it out as I go, I guess. Oh, well, that, that, I mean, that that's also awesome. especially if you can keep it within the patents that you have. Yep. So it's yep. not like, oh, I, now I got to spend more money on more patents and yeah. and all that. Uh, speaking of patents, have you had to go and defend those patents yet? So we have had knockoffs on Amazon, direct knockoffs, which I was expecting that a couple months after I aired on Shark Tank. We actually got our first knockoffs on Amazon um, about a month before I aired. And so I bought them. They are exactly the same as mine, minus my logo um, and much poor quality. But as far as the shape, the like the design, they literally just bought one of my mats and reverse engineered it. It's the same. Um, so I was able to get in touch with an attorney who helped Amazon create their neutral patent evaluation program. I submitted my patents to Amazon. They approved them. I'm in the program. So now anytime there is a offending ASIN on Amazon, I submit that ASIN and it gets in the beginning that was a 28 day wait. So they would tell the seller, you're being accused of knocking off this product. You have 28 days to either pull the product or decide to fight it. Um, we have submitted against, um, Amazon approved us or we won every time. So now it's a 24 hour thing. So anytime a manufacturer puts something on Amazon, that's a direct knockoff of mine. 24 hours and it's off Amazon. And so we're doing the same thing with Alibaba uh, as well, but we have oh, wow. to use um, our copyright. So all the, the manufacturers in China who are making our mats as knockoffs are using my pictures from my Amazon and my website to advertise the product on Alibaba. So we're doing a copyright strategy there. Um, so that, yeah, you know what that, so that tells me that they got, they got a rat over at, at Shark Tank somewhere. No, I don't think so. You don't think? So? Oh, it's just a coincidence that a month before your like before your episode airs, that there's a knockoff coming out. That's well, after, just pure coincidence. I in Q4, so after I filmed last year, our business grew substantially, especially on Amazon. And so it's something that I've heard happens to successful products on Amazon. Anyway, okay, okay. So, so I, I think mean, it's more to do that. Oh, good. Oh, so, uh, I mean, I've heard. I mean, there was a there was a bag manufacturer who actually did a whole commercial, like a like a short web commercial, uh, all about Amazon knocking off their own bag, <laughs> their bag. Like we put all this research and development into this amazing camera bag, and then Amazon that. went and knocked it off. <laughs> yep, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Amazon one is way cheaper than theirs. Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was, a, it, you know, and, and, and that's, and that's the power of marketing is even though Amazon is way cheaper because they did that commercial, because the way they did that commercial, I'm more inclined to spend, oh, I think like three times the amount yeah. of money yeah. with them than, than to give it them, you know, give 20 bucks to Amazon. I'll give them the 60 bucks or whatever it is to, yeah, for the bag. For sure. Agreed. Um, I would do the same. Right. And, and, and that's the, and that's like, but I would have never known if that, if they didn't go and market it that way. Like, hey, look at what Amazon did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping now that I'm part of this Amazon's actual patent, you know, program that that will dissuade Amazon from knocking me off. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, uh, speaking to that, um, 
Is it was it surprising to you that this that your product didn't exist already? Yes, as it was to me. Like I wait, like yes. when I saw you come out, I'm like, how did this not already? I mean, this is 2021. Like it's had like at least 10 years to probably somebody to to make yeah. something like that. Yeah. When I initially did my patent search before, you know, getting too far into production, there are there were four other similar concepts that had been had applied for patents, um, but nobody ever actually went all the way through with it to to get the patent or to create the product. So, I mean, and I've seen so many comments on my Facebook ads and stuff from people saying, oh, someone stole your idea, you know, Um it's just, I, I think a million people have had the idea. I was just the first one with the, I guess, stubbornness or tenacity to, to take it through to market. To go through with it. Hey, yeah. you know, and, and, and ding, ding to that. I think, um, <laughs> you, look, I, I, one thing I always tell entrepreneurs uh, and, and creatives is like, come up with the idea and then go Google it, right? And see, yeah. see who's got it, right? See if you can find See if you can find the exact, I mean, I've had, Plenty of ideas that uh, I have, like a whole. Ever- well, I got. I just got away from Evernote, but uh, I have yeah. a whole Evernote notebook full yeah. of ideas of like some of them exist, some of them didn't exist, or some of them didn't exist in the way that I was imagining right. them. And it's just whether or not you take the time and and again the stubbornness to like you know what I'm exactly. I'm going to be that person. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was definite definite stubbornness. That's for sure. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, when when you were so going back to to being on Shark Tank, um, were you did you because you had a plan and you knew exactly where you wanted did did you feel did you feel regret at all when you when you walked out of the of the tank? No, no, not at all. Okay, not I didn't I didn't, th- I didn't think you would because you got the plan <laughs> and you know military mindset. So, uh, but at the same time, like I didn't know if it was in the back of your mind, like. That was that was like one big opportunity that that just mm. didn't work out. No, I was more bummed about some of the feedback. So the the guys, I guess, um, Robert, Mark, and Damon just really wanted nothing to do with the baby market. Um, Mark and Robert had just kind of gotten out of a deal they had taken in a previous season. They said yeah. the baby market is too tough. We just really, we finally just got out of it. We don't want to be in it anymore. So that was like, well, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm stuck in it. Maybe I'm in the wrong. I don't like, what does that mean for me? But then when Mr. Wonderful came back and said, the baby market is hard. You're a rock star. You're doing it. Then I walked out with more confidence, but I was just bummed. You know, I think everybody goes in there wanting like a deal from all five sharks. I wanted all five sharks to be like, that's such a brilliant idea. I want to be part of it. Cause I think that it is. And they were just like, wah, wah. so that was kind of a bummer. Um, and, and then it was, you know, I don't feel regret of my decision of walking away. I just feel bummed that they weren't as into it as I am. Yeah. You, I, I think the lesson there is to keep in, um, to keep in perspective that like the sharks are human too. Right. And it doesn't matter how many contacts you have. It doesn't matter, you know, how many phone calls you could, you know, couple or just couple of phone calls you can make to like be a game changer. It's still hard. Right. And the, and the Lala Cup example, I think was even, um, 
crazier because that's a you know a longer uh lifespan right like because that was like a like a one-year-old maybe maybe nine-month-old like a one-year-old to maybe four-year-old yeah yeah yeah, three four-year-old uh using that cup um and and they they found it hard uh for themselves you know to be involved with that um yeah, I it, so it's just at the end of the day like remember we're we're all still we're all still human and and we you know it, it, we could be the biggest of bigs and it doesn't it still doesn't matter like it's still it's still hard to yeah, to push the boulder yeah. up the the mountain. Yeah. yeah. So ultimately I did walk out feeling good though. I I felt good that I didn't you know it's I actually didn't want to even go to 15% with Lori but the lights and the cameras and the like you know, the atmosphere of it, I, I felt like I should. And then I said 15 and then I was like, Oh, I don't really want to do that to, cause I, if she would have said yes to 15, then I would have been stuck in that licensing deal, which, you know, I found out later there's due diligence. You can, you know, so, oh, you out. didn't know that ahead of time. That's one of the I things mean, I was like, do the deal. Cause like you can, Oh, it can always fall apart yeah, later. I mean, like, I kind, better of for worse. I kind of knew, but I didn't want to be that person who was ingenuine on the show. Like I didn't want to do a deal that I didn't feel like I would actually go through with. So when I said 15, I was like, Oh, I don't really want to convince her very much, but I, I feel like I have to try now. But um, no, I felt good walking away that I didn't end up in a deal that I didn't want to be in. And I felt good that I got the compliments from, I mean, Mark Cuban, I wish they would have showed on TV. He was standing up and cheering for me. Like I literally felt like I was on the floor of the Mavs. He was like, cause there was a lot of negotiation, a lot of conversation back and forth. He actually yelled at Lori at one point and was like, Lori, you're just disrespecting her now. And I was like, Whoa, I didn't think she was. <laughs> I was like, maybe he's just saying that for TV or something. They, they didn't end up airing it, but I mean, he was so supportive and cheering for me. Mr. Wonderful said some really kind things. So I walked out of there feeling pretty good. You know, that's, and and I mean that's awesome, ding ding to hear that because I mean so many people don't necessarily feel good about what you know what transpires out there and and uh, and and yeah and, and it's a shame again because it's, it's all about the storyline right and and when wow. they went through and they watched it they were like oh the three percent that's our, you know that's yep. our sticking point and then everything that doesn't add to that right you know goes away and um. No, that's great to hear that that Mark was was cheering for you uh, so hard and and uh, you know I I, I I guess I guess I should ask um, is was is you was your plan like like at the end of the day I mean money doesn't matter but it matters but it doesn't oh, matter but it, it matters it matters. I, well, okay. So, but having a deal with Lori, opening up so many, so much potential more money because she wanted. You said she wanted to do a licensing deal with Munchkin. Yep. And you were like, no, that's not. That's not how I want this to go. But if if you could have got the checks in the mail from a licensing deal, would that 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 wouldn't have been good enough? So here's the deal with licensing. I have a lot of friends who have licensed products. One, I no longer have control. So my, my product pipeline that I was really excited about is now potentially out the window. The guarantee, the money that you get up front from a licensing deal would actually not have even covered my debt. So I would have still been in debt, now no longer having my own product, and then hoping that, say it was Munchkin, would actually 
produce it and sell it and sell it a million of them, which you would safely assume they probably would. It's a great product. It fits their product line. It's a need every parent has. But what if they didn't? Yeah. Well, it takes shelf space away, right? They only get yeah. so much shelf space themselves, right. so much opportunity to market and so many dollars. But yeah, budgets and goals, uh, yeah. you know, on their end. So the the small upfront, I mean, it wasn't small. It probably would have been like a, a, a like $100,000 guarantee. That isn't enough to have taken away that risk for me. Like that, that would have been a lot of risk for me still to know like they might not even produce this thing. I might not make another dime. Yes, I could have potentially received a ton of money in royalties if everything worked out, but I'm kind of a control freak. And that took me out of the equation completely to no longer have any control over my own invention. So it, it just wasn't appealing to me at the time. No, that those are all great points, and and I think a, a good uh, you know heat of war, heated warning uh, to to other entrepreneurs that like oh well you just go to the license deal and collect your your check because uh, it's I mean it is potential you know potentially great and it's also potentially not great. I think it depends on the product, and again if your your product is taking up shelf space away from their other product lines or their other opportunities to make money. Uh, then you know, then they're going to take a harder, closer look at it and say, "Is this you know really get delivering what we want it to deliver on?" And maybe we just need to write off the hundred grand and and whatever, right? Um, yeah. The only other side that I see to that though is it still keeps you in the mix with Lori, you know, because she still owns a, pro- a piece of it too, and having that. Um, potential pressure from her to like hey you guys should do something about you know we're not selling enough of these we should we should make that happen um is like the only x factor that i could think of outside of if if they were like yeah we tried it didn't work like yeah you you we tried for six months it didn't it didn't take off like we thought it would um and then you're you have you still have Lori as part of the company um you know, I mean, we see all the time them invest in in uh, entrepreneurs, like the entrepreneur themselves, not necessarily the business idea. Yeah. Uh, maybe not all the time, but it happened. It's happened enough times that it can be a thing. So I, I was wondering what your what your thoughts on on that was. Like, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been enough to to still been in, involved with Lori? Yeah, I, I guess I have two comments on that. One, like you mentioned earlier, the sharks are just people. So Lori is just a person. She's a, a TV celebrity and she has her involvement in probably hundreds of businesses. Munchkin is still a ginormous corporation who probably doesn't really care that much about Lori to be real. So that's kind of one thing there. Like maybe she would have some influence and pull, but she also is involved in so many other things. How much is she really going to care? The other point is, I didn't get the impression in my conversations with her that she was investing in me at all. I got the impression that she just saw some easy checks rolling in by just creating an introduction, setting up a couple meetings and just getting this in Munchkin's hands, like with minimal involvement. I didn't feel like she was on my side. Hmm. You know, and that goes a long way, right? And that's why we, we, I said the money matters. It doesn't matter. It matters. It doesn't yeah. matter. 
you know, at the end of the day, it does matter, but, you know, we as people have to be happy too and happy with the decisions and feel that the people that were, that are investing in us or giving us time, right? Time, yeah. energy, and money, yeah. uh, are, are really there for us, you know, yeah. uh, and, and vice versa too. Um, yeah. it's not a one way street, uh, regardless of, again, how big a person, a person is. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, yeah, the, money so. Wasn't there. the money wasn't there with her deal in my, in my opinion. And I didn't feel like she was invested in me as a business owner either. So as I said, again, it was, it was not that hard for me to walk away. Um, people give me a lot of, uh, a hard time because they say I was just there for the publicity, um, which was not the case at all. Um, but I guess people are going to say what they're going to say, but they, they all, a lot That's of people ridiculous. say I was just there for the publicity. I was never there to get a deal. It's like, you know, I was trying to get on Shark Tank from before I even had prototypes. Like, I knew my idea was a good one. I know that I didn't come from a background doing any of this, and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So I need a strategic partner like a shark who's got the, you know, connections and the and the knowledge to help me grow this. Um, yeah, but it just uh, it didn't work out. It didn't work out, but things are fine. I've, I've grown and expanded so much from when we filmed that I'm, I have no regrets. And, and you know, and and I think that's important for everybody to realize uh, too when they're watching these these things. And and one of the reasons that I I try to come from a, a place of you know kindness and and thoughtfulness uh, is because these are real people. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if we're talking about the sharks, the sharks' personalities or whatever, or the pe- the businesses that are on there. They're still real people. Um, and and yeah, it's edited in a certain way. Producers say things or or help push things and nudge things in a certain way uh but it's still people and um you know you're not playing a fake tv you know business on a you know fake tv pitch show or something like like that um though that sounds like that could be a whole spin-off tv show of the shark the shark tank with fake you know mark cubans and fake robert and 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 what happens when they go off you know offset and and all that um i would watch that I would yeah, I, I, you should pitch that. Add that to your list of things. <laughs> ding, ding. Thank you. <laughs> thank that. you. Thank you. Uh, so you can send those checks to uh, PO Box. <laughs> um, so okay. So after after Shark Tank, Shark Tank airs. You didn't know if it was going to air till a month out. Oh uh, were God. you holding your breath the whole time? I actually have a video of my breath. My brother took of me when I got the email. I broke down bawling when I got the email saying I was going to air because. Oh. You know, my I found out 10 – okay, my brother quit his job 10 days later is when I got the news. And I had the weight of I have to support my brother's family now. I have to be able to pay him. I can't – like I don't take a paycheck still. I had another job until just recently. I – like I'm okay. But now my brother, I have to pay his paycheck or my nieces and nephews don't have a home. So there was so much pressure on me in that first, you know – two weeks of, of having that. And in preparation for potentially airing on Shark Tank, I had invested in almost half a million dollars of inventory because there's such a long lead time. If I were to get on air, I need to have product to sell. Fortunately, with my product, it doesn't spoil. It doesn't need any special storage stuff. So if I didn't air, it's not going to go bad. And at least I have product it will eventually sell. So when I got that email... Uh, we had just come from our dad was retiring and had a, a welding business. And so he had just emptied out his 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 big where his big welding business. So I had a place to store 
all of this, a massive amount of inventory. We had just finished like taking a container of product and getting it stacked and organized and, and then went to lunch and I was with my dad and my brother and I opened up my email and I just started bawling because the sense of relief of knowing, okay, we're going to be on air. Like it's going to be okay. Like no matter how they edit us together, no matter what they do, people are going to hear about the busy baby mat and my product. And hopefully they'll see that like, cause my Facebook ads, people think I'm just like some Chinese company. They don't realize like we're sitting here in my garage. This is where I run my business. I'm a small business in Minnesota, not some, you know, Chinese corporation that, you know, will send you your stuff two months later and it's not what it was pictured on, on the ad. Uh, so it was just a huge, huge moment of relief. Like I still, whew, I still could cry like at how much of a relief that was to get that news. Beth, I want to cry just thinking about the <laughs> amount of money that you you spent to not even know if this yeah. was going to even air, right? Like, like you know, like okay, I, like you have a projection, like okay, I know I can sell this. It might take me six months. It might take me a year. It might take right. me a year and a half, two years worth of inventory. God forbid, you know. But we know that we got sales already. We know that we're moving forward uh, mm-hmm. with the business, regardless of if that happens. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would. I, I mean, I want to cry just thinking thinking about it. And from one garage to another, uh, it's, it is <laughs> it is absolutely appreciated um, that you know you know that you take what you're you're doing so seriously that you're not like, hey, you know, we had a bunch of sales. Why don't we get like a big old warehouse and a big old office and you know and uh, start start lighting up cigars with hundred dollar bills? Because why not, right? Oh um, my god! If you could see the operation I have here, we have a pole shed. I live in the country, like I'm surrounded by cornfields, and we have a pole shed that two months ago leaked water every time it rained. It it uh, it's got broken concrete floor. It was full of our just like storage stuff, cobwebs, dirt. And we transformed that. We got up on the roof. We replaced every screw. We replaced bad tin. We caulked everything. We've got pallet racking in there. And now it's another warehouse. It's hot. It's like 90 some degrees in there right now because it's, you know, hot here in Minnesota. But it works. It's holding our stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. The 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 roof. <laughs> <laughs> the roof. Well, the roof leaks. The, the, oh no, you said the roof, not not the. the well, so I, in the video, I, I mentioned that uh, I had a T-shirt uh, that says "Pop and Soda." Uh, so uh, you know the the uh, dialect is is strong in Minnesota in, in soda. When I was in the military, part one of my jobs was a broadcaster, and so I had to go to broadcast school, and. I think roof, bagel, and a couple other words, like they could not get me to say them the right way because <laughs> and just, like what's wrong with bagel? Is, how do you say bagel? Bagel? Ba- yeah, bagel? Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that sounds no, to me, but apparently bagel. Has, yeah. Roof and um, root beer. R- r- I'm sorry. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> root beer? Root r- Root beer? Yeah, I think normal like non-Minnesota people say root beer. Root root beer. I say root, root beer. beer. Root, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, that. I mean, that's one of the the brilliant things about our our country, right? It, it enables us to have these different dialects and words that 
perpetuate through you know people living in yeah. certain areas and stuff. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, has the wildfires been bothered? The smoke been coming your way, or is it is it been south of you and then coming to south? To, you know, to Philadelphia. Yeah, I think that. we had we had some come down from Canada. We did have a little bit, um, but we have a lot of um, a lot of jet streams go through here that. It kind of takes it out really quick too. So oh, that's good. It's we sad. had it for like four it's days so here. Yeah. It is. It it is. Uh, it's devastating not only for them but for the rest of the planet. Uh, and it doesn't seem like it's no. going to get better anytime no. soon. So uh, well, on that happy note, Joe. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, like, hey. I never. I never. I, I'm a we positive realist here. <laughs> well, we're not going to end on a on a, on okay. a sour note. Um, okay. <laughs> So so you know so all right so it's been uh, what four months since it since it aired yep. uh, how how's how's it been going? Uh, I mean the the weekend we aired we had six weeks worth of sales in three days, so that was insane. That was awesome, um, amazing, and the more product we can get out there, the more people. I mean, it's what's really baffling to me is. People still have no idea what the Busy Baby Mat is. Never heard of it. You know, you'd think being on national TV with millions of people watching, it would, like, start to catch on. Um, but people don't know of it until someone they know has one and then posts it on their Instagram or, or something like that. Or they see them in a restaurant, like, with whoa, what is that thing? So the more mats we can get out there, the more we grow. Um, so shortly after Shark Tank aired, we also did um, Deals and Steals on Good Morning America. And so we sold another like 4,000 units in, in two days, which was incredible. Um, and so now we Are you packing them yourself and shipping them? Ding, ding. How about that? Um, yep. <laughs> My <laughs> yeah, hands was- hurt just thinking about that much tape and that much, you know, uh, tape and cutting, you know, we labels. and very, very, very efficient in our processes. So it's, um, it's very smooth. It's not bad at all. Awesome. Oh, yeah. well, it needs to be if you're going to sell four thousand in in like literally like two days day. in a day, yeah. two days. We had help too. Like when we have these big events, I have. Um, I'm lucky enough. I have four parents. Both my my parents divorced and both got remarried thirty years ago. So I have four parents, and they come in. My brother's friends come. My friends come. Like my brother's kids, who are seven and nine, they love nothing more than filling busy baby orders. It is their favorite thing to do. So, so we have a lot of family help, friends help. It's, it's, it's fun. Uh, I love it. I love it. And it, you know, it, it just goes to show you that, you know, having, having those people, uh, that care about you and, and you can surround yourself with, uh, that believe in it, you know, yeah. on top of not just like, Oh, it's a paycheck, uh, really makes all the world a difference <laughs> when it comes to like, nobody I gets mean, 4,000 orders. My brothers. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it's. Uh, and and all the more reason that it's it it's so it's so magical, right? And in in the future, when you are you know lighting up cigars with hundred dollar bills and uh, <laughs> you know in a in a big giant warehouse with big offices and stuff, you know you can think back about like what the, you know the good times, right? When things were easier, when I just had, all I had to worry about was my garage and be like, oh God forbid if I didn't pay my brother so that my you know his family couldn't right and 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 it's like how not insignificant but how small in comparison to the giant like the network of people that we have working for us now and all those things it's just it's magical to be able to look back at and i'm so glad that you decided to come here on this show and and help um you know journal journalize some of that for for yourself 
it's been so fun talking to you about this. Like I am leaving this conversation with so much gratitude for all of these awesome people and like circumstances in my life. Like this has been really fun to re like go back and think through all this stuff again. Oh, you're giving me goosebumps. I, <laughs> Beth, thank you so much for being here. Please let people know how they can reach you, uh, how they can get the Busy Baby Mat, uh, and and anything else that you want to want to plug. Oh, well, sure. It's not even just the Busy Baby Mat anymore. And for people who don't know what it is, it's a silicone mat you can attach babies' toys to so they don't drop and throw them. I now have a mini version. I've also come out with a teething spoon that you can hook up to the mat so babies can practice feeding themselves without dropping the spoon constantly. Um, but it's also a perfect teether. So someone sent me a picture um, of their baby in the crib, fell asleep with the teething spoon in their crib. Like it's perfect for babies. Um, and then we have a bottle bungee and a new release coming out soon, a toy bungee that are just longer tethers designed for a bottle or toys and can be used on the mat or on the stroller, car seat, wherever else. So we have a lot of products. You can find all of my cool stuff at busybaby.com. Um, and then at Busy Baby Matt on Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely love it. And you absolutely should. I, I, we don't have any more babies in our house. Or like I told you, uh, five yeah. and three. But if we did, we totally uh, well, would totally be getting one. So yes. Uh, having babies, that's what you got to get. Yes, I, I absolutely will be. Uh, it's it, it's also. I think in, in the video I talked about, um, which again you can check out linked below uh, with the the Bizcoach Reacts video. Uh, we we when we first had our, our our daughter, we got those plastic mats that stick down, which I don't think we ever actually refilled. Like because like it, they'd fall, they fell apart, and it yeah. just wasn't. And it's like, what are we protecting her from? Like real, like really, what what are we? You know. I'm trying to keep the thing. I'm not more. I think it's more important to keep the things on the table that was like maybe yeah. just literally cleaned. I'm thinking about like at the diner and stuff yeah. more so than like uh, you know because the floor is not clean. Come on, we all know right. that it's not cleaned right. every hour or anything like and that. Honestly, so that's, that's why I invented it. But another huge thing from COVID is that we shifted to now nobody's going out to eat. So who's going to buy a restaurant product? Um, people started seeing the value and using it at home on the high chair. And so you put that on the high chair while you're finishing cooking for the rest of your family or while you're getting baby's food ready or while maybe you want to eat something yourself. It's keeping the baby busy and happy so you can do these things um, and not constantly stop to pick something off the floor, take it from the dog, whatever. Yes, 110 uh, yeah. percent. It, it definitely uh, is is helpful in that manner as well. So uh, Super Beth Finbo I, is Finbo, right? I said it right. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Ding, ding. ding. Uh, I appreciate you so much for coming on. It's been such a pleasure having you. You're welcome back anytime you want to come and and talk about any updates or things you got going on. Uh, You're more than welcome to. I love it. It's been so fun seriously talking to you. I'm really grateful that we got connected. Me too. Me too. And if you uh, if you're grateful for this episode, make sure you go down below and smash that like button for the YouTube algorithm so we can get this video in the hands of more super entrepreneurs like yourself, super entrepreneurs that like super entrepreneur hats uh, like this one that are now on sale over at yoursupergear.com. Go check it out. There's t-shirts. There's hats. 
uh, and more, including a ding ding shirt uh, that has the bell and the ding. It's it's right it's right here, but it just takes so long to get it and and show it. But yeah, so we have we have all kinds of stuff like that over there. Uh, go check that out. And uh, as always, you can get uh, the super rocket uh, sales rocket guide down below. Uh, just click that link and drop your email address to get five proven methods to grow your sales for your business. Anyway, I hope you have an amazing day, and I will see you in the next video. Take care.